Hi and welcome to Sheepcast. The date is August 20th, 2020, and I'm Max Park. This is our daily devotional and prayer on Colossians, and today's passage is Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 to 17. This is what the Word of God reads. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or new moon or Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Amen. The Word of God. Paul continues to write in rebuttal against the Colossian heresies of his time and the heresies that were polluting the Christians and the church of Colossae. In, first, in the first 15 verses of chapter 2 as well as the, uh, as, as well as the latter sections of chapter 1, uh, Paul begins this sort of extensive two-chapter rebuttal against these heresies, which we have already examined and we have, um, of course, identified. We've looked at the nature of those heresies as well as Paul's arguments against them. He talks about uh, primarily on the foundations of the gospel and the nature of the gospel, as well as, of course, the elements of the gospel involving the deity of Christ, uh, the nature of Christ's work and his atonement, and the benefits that come as a result of those who put their faith in him. Now, on the heels of those things, he begins with this conjunction, therefore. Therefore, of course, meaning whatever has come before relates to what is to come. So, base, so consider this, in light of is another word or synonym for what he uses as or the usage of therefore in verse 16. So in light of all of this, in light of everything we have learned, brothers and sisters, here's what he says. And he attacks uh, what would be considered, I think, an element of what Jesus would have attacked against the Pharisees, uh, legalism, right? And this is, of course, humanistic legalism. This is not the same as, um, you know, when we, when as New Testament believers, we say we are still, uh, as believers of Christ, um, to obey the laws of God and to follow the laws of God. Uh, that's not a legalistic mentality. That is, uh, when we're talking about moral laws, that is a desire to honor and rev- and give reverence and worship and honor to God as He so rightfully deserves. It is not a statement of those things lead to your salvation. So please do not confuse those two things, right? What we, when we say legalism, um, the legalism, of the, the, for example, the Pharisaic legalism, or the legalism that I think Paul is attacking here, as well as prominently in the book of Galatians, the legalism he's attacking is this idea that has infiltrated the church, and it continues to exist today, predominantly in the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, which is that if you do this, this will result, right? And so we hear it in the prosperity gospel. If you have more faith, God will bless you more with wealth and health and good things. Uh, we hear it in uh, many of the charismatic movements of the Asian or Eastern Church. Um, for example, I grew up in the Korean Church, and uh, when I was a kid, I was under this impression that if I give my offering every single week, God will bless me with more and more in my life. And I think, think that's, I mean, it's a mix of this sort of, you know, Buddhist slash in other cultures it might be sort of like a voodoo tradition. Um, it's a sorcery type of understanding, right? An ascetic understanding as, as we talked about in the introduction to Colossians. Uh, but it's a misunderstanding. And so what Paul is doing is he's correcting those things. Works righteousness or salvation gained through the, ele- through the process of works, human effort, is invalid. We've already talked about this. No human work can validate, can uh, repay the debt, as we talked about, or can satisfy um, the penalty of sin. We, no work can, can satisfy that. Here's an example I'll give. If, for example, you were playing... Uh, let's say your children were playing, um, or you yourself were playing a game of, I don't know, hockey in the, uh, that's a very Canadian thing to do, right? Play hockey in the driveway. 
Uh, you shoot a puck, uh, it hits your neighbor's window, and it breaks the glass. Neighbor comes out, neighbor's, uh, they're not furious, but they obviously, you know, are quite disappointed at the fact that their window's broken. And you out of your, uh, you out of your, you know, out of your heart and desire to want to ratify the situation, offer your services. Hey, I don't have the money to pay for your window, but let me mow your lawn, let me do some chores, let me do all these other things that, um, that could maybe potentially equate to that. Your neighbor agrees to that. Now, even if you do mow the lawn, clean their, you know, deck, clean, clean, vacuum their home, repaint their house, no matter what elaborate uh, work you do, what remains broken is the window. And in so in the same way, our works in our life can do no, can do nothing to satisfy and mend the brokenness of our relationship with God. That that can only be done and has been done uh, through the atonement of Christ on the cross for our sins. Uh, we talked about this yesterday. So he's attacking the um, very much the judgmental legalism of his time, and he's warning the Christians of Colossae to you know to really heed and and take heart and be mindful of the infiltration of this mentality. Now he lists a couple things here. He says, "Do not let these things act as your judge in regard to food." probably referring to um, you know Judaic Christians who are potentially teaching the Levitical laws um, specifically the Mosaic law Leviticus 11 for example which teach of the kosher dietary laws those things of course are no longer uh, relevant to the New Covenant New Testament Christian uh, so food or drink uh, we know this of course from you know the book of Acts when uh, Peter sees um, the the platter the buffet so to speak to come down and God says hey just eat and he says no these are unclean things and the, and uh, he's told you can eat these things now because it's been paid for you know Jesus died on the cross for our sins or in respect to festival or new moon uh, the festivals of course of the Old Testament the different religious celebrations of the Jewish calendar um, you know Passover Hanukkah Pentecost um, what is well, the Tabernacle Feast of Tabernacles and booths etc etc these things are things that we no longer have to celebrate because we have the one single event that trumps them all that being christ dying on the cross for our sins and then the new moon festivals new moon festivals of course were the monthly sacrifices that the jews offered on the first day of each month um, those are things that we don't have to keep anymore or even the sabbath day now there's a lot of controversy uh, a lot of conversation about this because of course uh, observance of the sabbath is something that is uh, is the fourth commandment and um so people debate this a lot, um, but it is, of course, a in the Jewish calendar, a weekly uh, celebration, the seventh day. It, it of, co- of course, mimics the God's rest of cre- in creation on the seventh day when he rested. Uh, but the New Testament, I think, teaches clearly um, that we're not restricted to keep the Sabbath in the same way that the Jews do. We learn this in Acts 20 or Romans 14. And you can go ahead and read those verses. Uh, it's Acts 20, verse 7, Romans 14, 5 to 6 where we are no longer restricted. And we, of course, keep the Sabbath in a sense. Uh, We keep our holy day, the Lord's day, on Sunday because of the resurrection of Christ on Sunday. And so we're free from these things. These are not legalistic methods by which we gain salvation. Now you're asking, well, are these things that the Jews believe to be methods of salvation? Well, at least the Pharisees believe that. And a lot of Jews might attain to that today or at least agree with them on that regard today. And these are things as Christians whether you're living in the time of Paul and the Colossians or even today in Toronto, Canada, we are to be cautious of legalism in our teaching, in our doctrinal understanding, in our dogmatic Christianity. Verse 17, 
these are but mere shadows of what is to come. I love the language here, but, it, but Paul says it is the substance that belongs to Christ. The substance belongs to Christ. Christ alone, of course, is the truth, the way, and the life. He is the absolute reality of all things. We are these things, these you know, celebrations, these food drinks, uh, kosher dietary laws, even the circumcision, and all these things were just merely pointers to Christ. I'm reminded of the great Greek philosophers, Plato and Aristotle. Their great, of course, mentor was Socrates. And Socrates, although he doesn't have a lot of primary works, uh, one of the things that we do know, of course, that Plato wrote is the Socrates, uh, the shadows in the cave, right? If you're familiar with this story. And in this story, they're in a cave and there's a fire. And there are these men who are chained up against uh, the wall in this cave. And all they see is uh, shadows. They see shadows casted by the fire of these figures that walk back and forth. And their whole life, that was the only reality they knew, these shadows. And so they considered these fad, uh, shadows to be uh, their entire reality. They gave them names, they gave them figure, they, they described them, and they gave them characteristics uh, based on what they could see. One day, one of these men are freed from the chains, and they're able to exit the cave and see outside the cave and realize that these shadows are not people, but merely, um, uh, merely shadows. Right? They're merely just, uh, the light is casting, of course, um, against these physical bodies and he realizes the reality this oh my goodness this was a lot more than i thought so he comes back and he tells his brothers hey these are just shadows man like there's actually people out there and they're much more than you think and all they could say because they're still chained to this chained to these walls we don't believe you right and so socrates is bringing out this idea of you know reality is not solely limited to what we can perceive uh, there might be a greater reality that we need to uh, be open to that might be of greater understanding than solely what we can see, touch, smell, feel, hear. Um, we need to be cautious of that, right? At least that seems to be the main sort of message of, uh, of that entire dialogue in the story of the, shadow of the, cave, in the, uh, the shadows in the cave. And in the same sense, brothers and sisters, we need to be careful. Um, things of this world are mere shadows quote-unquote um to christ christ is the ultimate reality he is the truth foundation the rock of our lives upon which all things stand so let's uh let's make sure our lives belong uh, are directed and guided by substance not shadows let's pray heavenly father we thank you so much for this day as you teach and guide us each and every single time we open your word it's such a beautiful thing Heavenly Father, may we not have um, any sort of judge act over us uh, in regard to food or drink, in respect to festival or new moon or Sabbath. Um, and may our lives not be founded or completely compelled and moved by the shadows of this world, but by the substance that belongs to Christ. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please check out our church Facebook page called Sheepgate Fellowship and our YouTube channel by the same name. You can join us in worship on Sundays via live stream at 12.45 p.m. Eastern Time, and the link for that is on our Facebook page. I hope the Lord blesses you this day, and enjoy. God bless.